And uh, man, the world just realized that tonight that God is ready to save them. He's, he's ready. It's not like he's got to get prepared or, or fit us in. He's, he's ready, sitting on go all the time. And uh, if we'll just reach out to him, I'll tell you, uh, God's ready to do a miracle tonight. Even tonight in your home, he can do that tonight. And so again, I want to welcome you tonight. Uh, before we get into our scripture, we want to uh, just go to the Lord in prayer because we do have some, some serious needs uh, among our people in our church and we'd love for you to be praying for them. And uh, if you don't attend this church, but you're watching, if you would just uh, pray along with us tonight for these people. But uh, we do want to pray for Brother Paul Vaughn. Um, he has had, uh, got the scans back. Uh, he has cancer and the scans showed that his cancer has grown and so that's not the news they were waiting for or hoping for. But we know even still God is a healer and still we believe God is going to heal and take care of him. So let's remember Brother Paul Vaughn and his family. Pray for his wife and children and all of his family tonight uh, as they deal with the, just the mental and emotional side of that kind of news and that their faith will stay strong tonight. Remember Brother Josh Vaughn always. He's uh, been doing good uh, lately, and we praise God for that. Let's pray for complete healing. Uh, Elder Brother Vaughn, this fa- the Vaughn family needs our prayers tonight. Elder Brother Vaughn needs a touch in his body and needs God to really help him and touch him. And so let's pray for him tonight. Uh, let's remember Sister Cindy Harper. This is Sister Alicia Blevins' mother, and she will be having surgery. She has cancer also, but she will be having surgery, and we're just believing God's going to be with them and take care of them and all these things. Uh, remember Sister Tafara Brown. Uh, she has lupus, but she doesn't have to have that in Jesus' name. God can heal that, and so we're going to just claim that tonight. And then um, we were praying uh, today. Uh, Sister Jessica's dad was having back surgery, so we're praying that uh, he comes through that fine, and then the recuperation is very quick, and everything's well with him after that. So let's remember these things tonight. And ask God to bless and touch and heal our people Uh, He is able tonight to do these things. And so if you're at home and you'd like to just lift your hands or stand with us right now, we're going to thank the Lord for his mercy and then ask his blessings on these people tonight. Precious Lord, we love you so much and we're thankful to be in your presence once again. And tonight, Lord, we just ask God that you would reach down and let healing flow on our people. God, I know tonight that cancer is not too hard for you. I know that lupus is not too hard for you. Heart conditions and and blood conditions and breathing problems are not too hard for you tonight, Lord. Back surgery is not too hard. There's nothing too hard for you, Lord. Tonight, let healing in the name of Jesus Christ come to these people. And Lord, we're going to praise you for it. We're going to rejoice with them that rejoice when they give the testimony of how you brought them out and how you healed them. We're going to celebrate with them when we get that good news. So we ask this thing tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everyone just say amen and give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. What a great God tonight. What a precious God tonight. Thank you for praying with us tonight, and I'll get right to our lesson tonight. Just uh, ask the Lord's help with, with this tonight. And again, thank you for being with us. I want to invite you this coming up Sunday. Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, we will have a drive-in service where you can come. Uh, drive in in your cars. You can sit in your cars and listen. We'll have a like a stage set up with, uh, we're going to have just a church service outside 
and you're all welcome to come and be a part of that. If you would like to bring a lawn chair or something like that that you can sit right outside of your car, you could do that as well. It's supposed to be a beautiful day, uh, probably a little warmer day than we've had this coming up Sunday, but uh, early on, maybe it won't be so bad on us. It uh, looks like we're about to get that hot Georgia weather uh, sneaking up on us, but uh, we'll still get this service in. And uh, so anybody watching tonight, we invite you to drive in service with us this Sunday at 11 o'clock. Love to have you here. One verse of scripture tonight uh, as we get started. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Such a very familiar scripture for us, and uh, I want to bring a thought from it tonight. The Apostle Paul was writing to his son in the Lord, Timothy, and he had this to say about the end of his life. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Powerful statement. I want to preach tonight about this, on this thought tonight, living an intentional life. Living an intentional life. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, thank you for your word and thank you for the hope that it brings. Thank you for the instruction it gives. Tonight, God, I ask you to just anoint these lips of clay for a few moments. Lord, let me be a blessing to someone, to your people tonight, so we can all be better, be changed, and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone just say amen, and give the Lord a hand clap for his word tonight. Love the word of God. Thankful for it. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thankful for it. Thank you, honey, for playing for me tonight. I appreciate... Uh, the Lord, he's so good to us. Paul, this scripture here that Paul has written is such a very familiar scripture. We often uh, use this scripture uh, whenever we are at uh, a funeral. Just to be honest, it's, it's something that usually we ascribe to people whenever they have uh, laid down their sword in this life and they have finished their course and fought a good fight and kept the faith and as we uh, stand over you know people that we considered giants in the Lord prayer warriors great saints of God men of God women of God we often will remind the saints that are still living that uh, they fought a good fight they finished their course and they kept the faith and but the only way that we can actually uh, apply these words to the life of anybody, and the only way that even Paul could apply this description of his last days to his life was if he had been intentional about what he was doing. Paul was not forced into preaching the gospel. Paul was not drafted and uh, under a penalty of law, if he didn't respond to come and preach the gospel. He was uh, giving the opportunity, just like any of us are, when he was on the road to Damascus, God showed him great mercy. Instead of killing him because he was such an enemy of the church at that time, instead of taking his life and just removing uh, this thorn in the flesh of the church at that time, the Lord said, I can use him. And he uh, began to deal with Paul on the road to Damascus and let him know 
who he was, that he was Jesus of Nazareth, that he was persecuting. And, and Paul knew from that point on, I have no other choice but to forget those things that are behind and press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ. And he even said, the things that were gained to me, I have counted them as waste, and, and I'll lay them all aside. I'll sell it all and get rid of it all that I could win Christ. And he knew that from that point on, it wouldn't matter. He would have to be intentional about uh, living the life that Jesus had called him to. He did fight a good fight. He finished his course and he kept the faith. There were many times, I'm sure, that Paul could have uh, just gave up and said, this is not worth it. When you read some of the things that Paul went through about how he was stoned and left for dead, how he uh, was shipwrecked three times and he spent a day and a night in the deep, and even of his own countrymen, he was whipped and beaten and stripes were left on his body by his own people. And, and there could have been times when he would have just said, hey, you know what, this is just not worth it. But he knew something, that there was a, a prize at the end. He knew that there was a reward waiting for those that were faithful. And he understood that, hey, if Jesus could be intentional and walk on this earth and perform miracles and be despised and rejected, and if Jesus could walk up Calvary's hill and, and give his life on that cross and still look down and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If, if Jesus can be intentional about the call he had, then I can be intentional about the call that I have and he realized that I, I can't sit around just the call let me tell you this the call is wonderful but the call will never be enough to get you to heaven you're going to have to walk and follow it through Oh, many are called the scripture says but few are chosen and, and let me tell you the call is to everybody to pick up your cross daily and follow him but not everybody uh, is going to answer the call you know, you can receive a call. Hey, even today, look at your phone. You can receive a call and you can ignore it. You can receive a call and let it go to voicemail. You can receive a call and 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 uh, let it just uh, sit there and ring and ring and then finally just cut off. You don't you know, you, you don't have to answer it. But there's always a history that it was there. You will be able to say, well, you, you know, sometimes it was, well, I was in a bad area. And, and maybe you were, but, but the call was made. And let me tell you, the call has been made to all of us. And, and it won't be enough one day to just say, hey, I got the call. Maybe somebody called you and you said, oh, I just don't feel like. And, and so you just, you don't take that call right then. You're, I don't, I'm busy. I, I'm tired. I just don't have the time right now. So you don't take that call. But wouldn't it be a shame that about three or four hours later, uh, you find out if you had a took that call, you had an opportunity for somebody to give you $10,000 in cash. But hey, uh, oh, but well, look, can I still get the money? I got the call. Yeah, but you didn't respond to the call. And, and you were going to have to do some things to get that. But since you didn't answer the call, let me tell you, I, I wanna, uh, I'm glad that Jesus called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. But now I've got to pick up my cross daily and follow him. I've got to be intentional now about living this life uh, that Jesus has given me. Intentions, let me tell you, intentions uh, are nothing more than wishful thinking and daydreams without a follow-through. There's an old saying that the road to a real hot place is paved with good intentions. Now, I know that ain't Scripture, but it's uh, the principle there is letting you know that, hey, listen, 
There is a path that you can travel, and it is paved with good intentions, but it ends up in a very bad place. Just because they're good intentions, if there's no follow-through. Let me tell you something. Having intentions and living intentional are not the same thing. You can have intentions uh, and uh, never get anything done, or you can be intentional and you can conquer the world. Hello. Uh, In our everyday life, it applies to us. We can keep saying, hey, I'll give you a good example of someone with intentions and someone who is intentional. A person with intentions will find themselves sitting on the side of the road with the gas hand on E because they intended to stop and get gas. I intended to stop, but I, I, mean, I just wanted to get home. I was running late. I just didn't feel like stopping. I, I was sure I could go ahead and, and make it another mile and get to the house. I was sure I'd be all right for just a little bit longer. And, and so uh, with good intentions, you find yourself stranded on the side of the road. But let me tell you, the person who lives intentional is the one who makes it home, makes it to his appointment, not stranded on the side of the road because they realize that, hey, I've been given an opportunity there ain't a reason in the world to ever run out of gas. If we run out of gas in our vehicle, it is simply because we were too lazy to stop. There is a gas station on every corner. They're putting new ones up all the time. And if you just feel like, hey, I know I'm running low. I see that light's on. I see the dashes. It don't even tell me how many miles I got left. But I know my car. And I know I can make it. And then you call and somebody, hey, I ran out of gas. That's, as an adult, that is a very embarrassing phone call to make. A kid, maybe, 16 years old, just driving, ain't got no sense. That's what, but 50 years old and running out of gas. Come on, somebody. Well, I just didn't want to stop. All right, and then what gets me is when they say, well, I just know my car, it'll go. And I saw where the little needle was at. Now, I know it's, it's got just a hair more before I'm empty. But see, you're you're trying to say that the people that built that car or created that car and designed it to only run on 20 gallons of gas, guess what? You can't get more than 20 gallons out of it, no matter how much you want it to go farther. When 20 gallons are gone, you broke down. You don't know better than the creator of the car. Hey, hello, you don't know better than the creator of the world, than the savior of your soul. Quit running on E. Quit riding with the light on. It's time to just, hey, it's got to be more than answering the call or or getting the call. You got to answer the call. Just because Jesus said, follow me, it didn't change a thing in their life unless they dropped their nets and followed him. They've got to be intentional if they're ever going to walk on water, if they're going to get the keys to the kingdom, if they're going to ever overcome the enemy, if they're ever going to preach the gospel. Hey, let me tell you, it won't be enough to one day, 10 years later, still be hanging on to the same net saying, well, I got a call from Jesus one day. That ought to be enough. It won't be enough because you can never say, I have fought or I have finished or I have kept if you never did nothing. We've got to be intentional. Intentions, hey, don't fill the tank. Uh, Intentions, uh, don't get people healed. Intentions, don't get people saved. But the follow-through. 
if we will follow through. We must live intentional uh, every day of our life. Jesus said, you're going to pick that cross up daily and follow me. That's not a suggestion. Uh, That's a fact. He's not telling you if you want to. He didn't give you an option, A, B, C, or D. He said, this is how it is. I am the way. And if any man's going to enter in, they're going to enter in through me. I am the door. You're not going through any other way. You don't get to decide, uh, hey, this is what I want to do. I've got all these intentions. Everybody intends on going to heaven, but heaven ain't just going to happen. You're going to have to be intentional. Oh, it's in your everyday life. I've said it over and over, and you, you know it's true, but, but you can, uh, like I said, intentions are nothing more than wishful thinking and daydreams if you don't do something about them. Oh, I intended on getting in shape. Well, you can intend that all day long, but until you start walking, until you start jogging, until you start eating better, until you start working out, it ain't going to happen. I, you know, I intend on being a doctor one day, but you never go to school. You, you, didn't, uh, you, you dropped out in high school. You flunked everything. Hey, listen, you didn't do nothing to make that dream happen. Just having intentions. Uh, oh, but it wouldn't be good to have another doctor. Yeah, it'd be good. But I don't want you operating on me with intentions. I want to know that you was intentional and that you studied and you learned and you passed and you got good before you pick up a scalpel to stop operating on me. Even the scripture tells me that what a man uh, sows, that shall he also reap. In other words, there is no reaping unless there's some sowing. You, you, you can go buy you a pack of seeds You know what, I think I'm going to plant me some pumpkins. I'm going to have me a pumpkin patch this year because I really love pumpkin pie, and I'm going to make me something good. And and you just go on and buy you a pack of seeds. And uh, guess what? But you won't ever see the first pumpkin until you tear that pack open. You won't ever see the first pumpkin until you dig up the ground and break up the ground and and get the soil ready until you get out there and and break a sweat and work a little while and put some effort into it and and plant those seeds. And then you can't just walk off and forget about them. you got to water them. you got to take care of them, put something up to keep the the animals away from tearing them up and eating them up. you got to do something. But if you just, hey, well... I got these seeds, but boy, it looks like it's hot outside today. I think I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll do this tomorrow. And, uh, but I'm going to have them pumpkins. You just wait. I got, my, I got my seeds. I got my seeds. Seeds ain't pumpkins. Uh, it ain't. Let me tell you, this right here is what you need to live. But it don't no, do no good when it stays closed. Uh, it don't do you no good if you're not uh, reading it and studying it and digging into it. You, the Bible says it, it's a source of life. We live by every word, but it won't ever benefit you if you don't apply it. And they used to say, and these seeds, you know, well, it's cold today. It's raining today. Always going to be a reason. Is you can always find a reason not to do something. But let me tell you, you sit around too long and it's going to roll around. The only pumpkin pie you eating is the one you bought at the store that somebody else was intentional about making. Let me tell you, I don't want to be living off somebody else's blessing. I don't want to be living off somebody else's work. I want to have my own. I want to be what Jesus called me to be. Our lives are so short, very brief, very fragile. We must be intentional with the time that we have. In James 4 and 14, he said, For what is your life? It is even a vapor. 
and it appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Hey, you don't have all the time in the world. You don't know that you could get to that next week. You don't know that you can get to that next year. You don't know that you can spend your time uh, sowing your wild oats, and when I get a little older, I'll calm down, then I'll do what Jesus asked me to do. Hey, you don't know, for tomorrow is not promised. Our life is even a vapor, and it appears for just a little time, and then it vanishes away. What are you and I doing with the time that we have? Because let me tell you, the, the thing about intentions is that we fool ourselves into believing that it makes us intentional. Intentions are so good because you can see, when you have those intentions, you, it's in your mind's eye, you can see the result. You know, if someone who intends to be a doctor, they, they're not looking at the classes and the studying. They see themselves standing in an operating room. They see themselves getting a good job with prestige and, and making that money. They see that, that bank happening. They see all the good stuff coming. They, they, that's what, they, they see that. But it will only be a vision in your head if you don't do something about it. And that, that's the thing with good intentions is that they, they, uh, they just rock us to sleep. We just keep, oh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And we, we feel like, well, I, I've got all these good intentions, all these plans. But if you never act on them, they just fade away, and nothing ever happens. And listen, we are charged in this life to redeem the time. Ephesians 5 and 15 and 16 said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. For the days are evil. Jesus said that we need to work while it is day. Because the night's coming when no man can work. Then I don't want to get sidetracked. And I don't want to get distracted. And I don't want to be disillusioned. And I don't want to forget that I better get busy and be about my father's business. The days are evil. Honey, hey, let me tell you, church. You got to stay focused. You got to stay on point, And you got to be intentional. Are you going to find yourself one day waking up in a time and a place where you can't work? When you would wish you could pray, you wish you could do, you wish you could preach, you wish you could tell somebody about Jesus, but now it's night and no man can work. Oh, you got to be intentional about your walk with God. You got to be intentional about what God's called you to. Ah, when it's all said and done, if I go by way of the grave and somebody stands over me, I hope they can say he fought a good fight. He finished his course and he kept the faith. But they'll never say that if I didn't do it. I don't want nobody to have to lie at my funeral. I don't want nobody to have to make up stuff at my funeral. I want them to be able to say with an honest heart, hey, this man lived his life for God. He gave everything he had to be what Jesus called him to be. He took uh, the world and left, let go of it and left it behind and just followed the Lord. I don't want to lose what Jesus, I don't, I don't want to lose what he's given me. I don't want it to be useless and unprofitable, but I want to be a blessing in this world. You know, just another, just natural example. You ever, you ever said this? Maybe you're, you don't, if you don't have your grandparents anymore or, or maybe even your parents anymore. You ever said, well, I sure would love to have 
man, if I could just have one of uh, my granny's biscuits. Well, you could have. You could have one today if you'd learned how to make them while she was here. But you were so sure she'd always be here. And can't nobody make biscuits like granny? You know what? Why didn't you take the time and say, Granny, show me how to make them? You see her getting older. You know she ain't going to be around forever. Why didn't you say, show me if they meant that much to you? Or was you so content uh, that, hey, I'll just sit back and let her feed me? Well, you better learn how to make them or you'll lose them forever. Oh, but can't no, it wouldn't do no good. I ain't going to try to learn that because can't nobody make them like Granny. Yeah, they can. We say stuff like that. Can't nobody uh, make biscuits like my mama or like my granny or, or, you know, can't nobody make a steak like my daddy. Yeah, they can. We say that to be complimentary, but you can. Hey, even Jesus said the things I do, you're going to do in greater things. He said, look, I expect my kids to do what I do, and I expect them to, to do greater things than I do. And, uh, you know, he's looking at those disciples saying, listen, I hadn't been walking around for three and a half years doing miracles just so you could watch the show. I've been trying to teach you something. I've been trying to, because I ain't going to be here forever. But see, when you, all you have is good intentions, you start rebuking the Lord. When the Lord said, I got to go to Jerusalem, and they're going to uh, try me, and I'm going to suffer, and they're going to kill me. And, and Peter's like, no, be it far from you. And the Lord rebuked him. said, look, good intentions will make you only value the things of men and not the things of God. Peter, you got to get intentional and not just have good intentions. I understand good intentions will make you open your mouth and say, "Uh uh-uh, Lord, be it far from you. But you got to understand, I am walking the walk that I was called to walk, and I got to go to Calvary, and I got to die so you can live, and I got to go away so the Holy Ghost can come. There's a plan behind this. Listen. I want all the things that Jesus wants us to have. He said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. I'll never realize it if it's only a scripture in my mind. I've got to have more than good intentions. I've got to be intentional about living my life for God. You know, people say, man, I'm so thankful I had a praying grandmama. I sure miss her. I'd love to hear her pray again. If that praying grandmama... And the way she lived means so much to you. Why don't you get a prayer life of your own? Hello. What you going to do? Never pray again or never get covered in prayer again because those praying elders have left this world? Do you think that the only reason she prayed was to cover your lazy behind? She prayed to be an example. Because she knew that she wasn't just a praying grandmama. She was light of the world and salt of the earth. She was a saint of God. And she was praying, hoping you'd learn something. That's why Paul said, hey, I know uh, you got faith, Timothy. He said, your grandmama had it and your mama had it. It was something that got passed down. It wasn't just something they thought about and sat around uh, wishing they could have it like another one of Granny's biscuits. Hey, it was faith and it was active and they were using it and they were seeing the gospel go forth and they were seeing people saved and changed all because they were intentional and didn't just have a pocket full of intentions. I want to make sure that I don't waste what Jesus has given me, the opportunities that he's given me. I'll make sure that I am doing the things that Jesus called me to do. There's a scripture, a story in the scripture. So uh, 
and it gets me every time I read it, I examine it, I read it slow, I look at every line, and, and I think about what's going on here. But when Jesus spoke a parable about uh, ten virgins in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 25, that, that shows you, he said there were ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. The five foolish had lamps full of good intention. But the five wise, they lived a life that was intentional. Yeah, they, they they wouldn't just they didn't just have intentions. Uh, uh, you know, they all intended to go in when the call went out. They all intended to be there at that great feast, to be at that that uh, great uh, wedding feast that the master was was calling out for. They they all intended to be there, but five of them made sure that they were intentional about it. And the thing is, it says that uh, listen, you you would think that if you know. <laughs> You didn't have oil. It says the foolish took their lamp, but they didn't take any oil with them. They went knowing I don't have what it takes to light this lamp. They went knowing they, but they was just. But I'm intending on going in. It'll be all right. He'll come in the daytime, and I won't need to light the lamp. They, they, it's like they, they thought up some scenario where it's okay to not have any oil in my lamp. They couldn't light that lamp if they wanted to. There was no oil in it. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. You see, this is the scary part. Is that you can sleep on good intentions just like people who are intentional can sleep. Because you have convinced yourself that intentions are enough. But honey, there's coming a wake-up call. And one day, while they were laying there and they were sleeping, at midnight there was a cry made. And the bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. All the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish got a revelation. My lamp won't light. I ain't got no light. I ain't got no fire. I ain't got what, what it takes to make this thing burn. Give us some of your oil. For our lamps are gone out. But you know what? You can't do that. If I give you a little bit of my oil, it's dark. Before we get there, both our lamps will go out. Can I tell you tonight? You can't, if you're living intentional, you'll never save someone who is trying to live off intentions. You just got to keep living your life for God and being intentional so they'll, hopefully they'll learn, hey, just having intentions ain't getting it done. I've got to start praying. I've got to start fasting. I've got to get myself to church. I've got to be faithful to God. I've got to lay some things down. I've got to quit living like a fool. I've got to get some oil in my lamp. The Bible says I'm the light of the world. But hey, if I ain't got no oil in the lamp, can't nobody see nothing. Ain't no good works going on. They, they might have all been virgins, but there wasn't no good works going on in five of their lives. They couldn't glorify God. Five of them couldn't. And they were scrambling around trying to, to, to bum off those that had been living intentional. Well, let me tell you, you're not going to make it to heaven off anybody else's intentional living. You're going to have to get intentional. Let me tell you, all of them, well, they're there. Why? Take them by the hand and lead them because you got to work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. That's the thing about salvation. I can't save you and you can't save me. Jesus saves us all. And the way he does that is for us to 
answer the call, not just get the call. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Let me tell you, it's going to take something to get there. More than just believing. More than just saying, hey, I, I got a Bible. More than just saying, I sat on a church pew. But have you picked up the cross and followed him daily? Wise, listen to the wise answer and said, hey, ain't enough. I can't give you what was given to me. I, I paid the price for this oil that's in my vessel. Paid a price for it. I, 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 I presented my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. I, 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 and you can't have my salvation. I can't. I'm not. I'm holy because He's holy. I can't be holy enough to save you. You can't be. I got my own name. It, his only one name whereby you must be saved, and and He's the one on the other side of that door. And so they take off and say, well, "Let's go see if we can now. Let's let's see if we can find somewhere and buy some oil. Let's 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 try it." And they they running now now trying to make these intentions come true. But by the time they get back, uh, the five wives had went in. And the door was shut. And the five even now. Lord, Lord, open to us. Verily I say unto you, I know you not. But I'm telling you, the Lord knows those who are intentional. I don't want to waste what Jesus has given me. I don't want to waste it. You think that they didn't know? That they couldn't all couldn't it could have been ten wise if they had just kept the oil in the vessel. But oh, having the lamp, having the lamp ain't enough. Having a wick in the lamp ain't enough. Getting called to go ain't enough. You got to be ready to go, and you won't be ready unless you are intentional. I want to be intentional about what God's done for me. I want to be intentional about what the Lord's given me. Paul gave us, in the opening scripture, Paul gave us these, these three things. He said, I, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I did it. I'm not saying I can save myself by my righteousness by no means. It's, it, there's no other name under heaven given whereby I must be saved. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to tell you that it was by my righteousness. I know this by grace through faith am I saved, and that's not that's a gift of God. It's not of myself. I I get that, but listen, I've got to do something with what Jesus gave me, and that's what Paul said. He said. Didn't know, I didn't rely on nobody else. I'm glad for those that prayed for me, but I still had to fight my fight. I'm glad for those that are running this race with me, but I've got to run this race also. And I'm glad for those that stand up for the faith, but I got to stand up for it on my own. I can't, I can't make it into heaven just because Timothy's going to make it. I can't make it into heaven just because Peter's going to make it. I, I can't make it into heaven just because my parents are going to Hey, I got to make it in because I did what it took to make it in. I have fought and finished and kept three things that we have to do if we're going to get that reward. He said, he went on to say that now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness and not for me only, 
He said, but all them that love his appearing. Well, I know one thing about loving him. It goes along with keeping, keeping his commandments, doing what he said to do. And let me tell you, those that have not kept his commandments are not going to be loving his appearance because they're going to be trying to explain away why they buried their talent. You're going to be like, I don't want to come for I know how hard you were, and, and I knew what you required, and, and so I just want to make sure I kept things safe, and I buried that talent, and the Lord's going to say, you unprofitable and wicked servant. I don't want to be unprofitable and wicked to the Lord, but I want to wear myself out for the Lord. I want to invest that, that the, the gifting, the givings, the talents have the ability to grow. Let me tell you somebody tonight You've been thinking about the Lord. You've been wanting to get closer to God. And you can want that all you want to. And it's good to have that desire. But if you don't eventually follow through, the desire will pass. It's just like people say, hey, I'm going to get in shape. But hey, you, you sit around for about a month and don't do nothing. That desire will go on and leave. It'll leave you alone. And you'll be glad to let it go. Because you're like, yeah, what was I thinking? Jogging and running and, and working out. That's crazy, man. Uh, that, that's not me. That's not my life. I'm, I'm happy with all of me. I, I'm fine. I, you know, you just go ahead and you just break down and, and receive it and say, yeah, I'm just, this is just who I am. Well, that's just who you are because you decided not to do anything. You'll always be a lesser version of who you could be when you just sit around and don't do nothing. Oh, come on. Oh, pastor, that was tough. Yeah, it was tough, but it's the truth. And they say, we, we'll never be the, that, the church that he called us to be. One scripture, there's a question that said, how the gold has become dim. And he's, he's like an exclamation, like he saw it one time when it was shining and now it's dull, but think about it like this. How has it become dim? I tell you how, because nobody has polished it. Because nobody took no time with it. That's how. You want to tell you how your light goes out? You don't do nothing. You know how your light goes out? Your desire uh, drifts away when you stop praying, stop reading, stop going to church, stop fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters. Start hanging around in places you shouldn't be. Start going to places that, that you got no business going. Start watching things and listening to things and doing things you got no business doing. And then we're going to be saying, my, how the gold has become dim. We will never be that bright and shining light for the Lord. We'll always be under a basket if we don't get intentional. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Honey, you're going to have to fight, and you're going to have to finish, and you're going to have to keep. Fight, finish, and keep. That's it. Don't, don't think you'll get to go and do it any different way. You're going to have to be intentional about what God has called you to do. Those three things work so great together to help us in our intentional life. We fight so we can finish. And we keep the faith so we can stay on the right course. But if you don't get intentional, you're going to be like that person that ran out of gas, you're going to be broke down on the side of the straight and narrow. Can I tell you, just setting foot on the straight and narrow don't get you there. As a lot of people begin, but somewhere along the way, they off-roading. They try and take a shortcut. They, they stop. They break down. They don't, it, just that, 
just that first step onto the straight and narrow, that, that ain't it. There's a road to walk. There's a path. There's a race to run. We've got to run the race with patience. Paul said this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he began talking about uh, being intentional. If you're, hey, if you're going to be intentional for your benefit, for anybody else's benefit, you're going to have to be intentional. Paul said, for though I be free from all men. So that's a lot of people right there. I'm free from everybody. Jesus set me free. He that the Son may free is free indeed. I'm free indeed. I'm free from everybody. And what they do is they stop right there and say, and because I'm free, I take care of me. But Paul said, though I be free, that wasn't the intention that God had in setting me free. He didn't set me free so I could just sit around and look at myself in the mirror. He said, yet have I made myself a servant unto all that I might gain the more. A servant is intentional. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm a servant to all of them so I could gain more. To the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law is under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Oh, that's the life of a servant. That's, the, that's why he could say, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Because he didn't sit around on his hands. He didn't sit around on his intentions uh, waiting on Jesus to come back. He knew I got to get busy. I got to labor more uh, fervently than they all did because I was the chiefest of sinners, the least of the apostles. And I, I got to get busy to make up. He felt like he had to make up some time. He said... I have made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake. So many people preaching against us doing anything. Oh, no, it's grace plus nothing. You ain't got to do nothing. Paul said, this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker with you. Don't you know that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. He said, so run. Run that you may obtain. Run with purpose. Run with desire. Run with zeal. Run with fire. Run with intent. Run so you can obtain. Because just standing at the starting line, hearing the gun go off, that don't get you nothing. You've got to finish the course. You know, many times in those races, they run in a circuit. And the, the starting line is actually the finish line when it's over with. And you can stand right there. But it'll never change from the starting line unless you start moving. You can say, well, I'll just stay right here. And see, that's what a lot of people have done with the Lord. This is where I started. This is where I'm finished. But it's not the finish line to you because you never moved. It's the finish line to those that took off running. When they jumped in the race, they started running. When they get back around there, it's not the starting line anymore. Uh, it's not the starting line. It's the finish line. And they're looking at you saying, why are you at the starting line? Oh, no, it's the finish line. No. For us it is, but not for you because you sit here and you didn't move and you didn't do nothing. You tried to cheat the system. You thought, well, I'll just step back and then step over. Don't work like that either. you got to go the way you got to run the race. 
Run, he said, so you can obtain. And let me tell you, running, some people like it. But I can tell you this, ain't a single runner in the world that ain't intentional. If I'm running, believe me, I'm not just doing it because it's fun. If I'm running, then I've decided I need to get in shape or either something that can eat me is behind me. Either way, it's intentional. I'm trying to save my life in either case, uh, prolong it in either case. And let me tell you, anybody that runs in a marathon, in a, in a 5K, in a 3K, whatever, cross country, he runs with purpose and he runs that he may obtain. He said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, and so I fight, not as one that's just beating the air. I'm not just swinging my fist around and uh, you, know, you see them people when a, a bee gets around their head and they go crazy and they swing in their arms and, and they, they, the bee's gone. They still fighting. Paul said, I'm not just beating the air like I don't know what's going on. I'm not just swinging around being foolish. I'm not running in circles chasing my tail. I know I've got a plan. I'm intentional. I've got a destination. I've got to make it all the way home. I've got to get to heaven one day. I've got to finish my course. He said, but let me tell you something. I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. That's intentional living. Man, quit letting this world toss you around like a rag doll. Quit being led about by every wind of doctrine. Quit being snatched around by every temptation. Learn how to keep your body and bring it into subjection. Learn, hey, this is the vessel of the Lord, the temple of the Holy Ghost. You ought to take a little pride in this temple. And you ought to say, you know what? I'm going to keep, you know, Jesus went into the temple and he said, hey, you've made this place a den of thieves. And he started chasing people out of it. You ought to chase chase these things out. If, If something is trying to turn your temple into a den of thieves, chase it out. Turn them tables over. Get that stuff out of there. Get done with lay aside every weight lay aside every sin be intentional and live for God be holy because he's holy saith the Lord he said to be holy I called you out of Egypt I brought you out so you could be holy so I could be your God I want you to be holy as I am holy quit just listening to scripture and not doing anything about it it's time to hey this world could wrap up at any moment hey it might be 20 years I don't know but what I do know is Jesus is coming again and I don't want to be found sitting on a bed of good intentions when I ought to have been up working in a field and being intentional I don't want to lay down on my blessing I don't want to lay down and, and frustrate the grace of God after he has shed his blood and give his life for me honey come on somebody well I wish I could hear somebody shouting through that that camera right now i hope somebody's turning the living room upside down crying out to god and praying saying hey i'm tired of just wishing i could be closer to god and i'm about to do something about it tonight i wish somebody lift their hands in their living room and say lord fill me with the holy ghost tonight refill me with the holy ghost tonight whatever it is i wish somebody come running in the door right now say pastor baptize me in jesus name because i've been sitting around on a bag of good intentions well I know it's Wednesday and I know it's live stream but I tell you I can preach to a phone like I can preach to a stadium because I don't let me tell you it ain't a game and it ain't ain't, listen the Lord is so precious and so kind and so merciful you know he is he's long suffering 
He puts up with a lot from us. But there's one other statement that people like to leave out of that little description of him when Moses was reminding the Lord how good he was. He also said, but Lord, I want you to know that I also remember that you will in no way clear the guilty. I don't want to be guilty. Because in that day, even God won't clear you. He said, you're a long-suffering, plenteous in mercy, by no means clearing the guilty. He said, I ain't asking you to give nobody a free ride, Lord. You give people enough options. You brought us out of Egypt. You brought us through the Red Sea, and they still down there worshiping idols and carrying on. And uh, you just don't destroy them. Just have mercy on them. Give them a chance, and God has given us chance after chance after chance. And I'm telling you tonight, all that, that New Year's resolution about getting closer to God, hey, it's time to put it into action. It's time to move it from the intentions list to the intentional list. It's time to get busy about what God wants you to do. The Bible says that without a vision, people perish. But a vision without any implementation, it doesn't produce anything at all. There's a scripture, a question in the, in the word of God says, is the seed yet in the barn? You can have a vision of fields full of produce, but as long as the seed is in the barn, ain't nothing growing. Nobody's uh, getting fed. Nobody's benefiting. It ain't doing no good. And that seed can sit there long enough till it will not be any good anymore. You can perish with your vision if you don't do something about it. When the disciples heard the call from the Lord, they were of different occupations. They weren't all the same people, but they were all called to one purpose, to follow Jesus so he could make them fishers of men. They had no prior training, just obedience and just intentional living day to day to day, living, learning, growing, being faithful, fulfilling, just intentional. They woke up every day for three, three and a half years and walked with Jesus. Second Corinthians 8 and 11, 12 says, Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there might be a performance also out of that which you have. There needs to be something happening out of what you have. Are you looking too much at what you have not, and so you don't do nothing? But he said there needs to be a performance out of what you have. Let me tell you, we all are in a place where we lack something. We're all growing in the Lord. But if you just sit around and do nothing because of what you don't have, what you do have, it's just going to waste away. He said, but if there be first a will in mind, it is accepted according to what a man has and not according to that he has not. We are the only ones looking and using what we don't have as a reason not to do something. Like Again, the disciples, they had no idea. Nobody had in their resume three, three and a half years of, of being a fisher of men. I know what we're doing. Yeah, come on, I got experience. No experience. They'd never cast out devils. They'd never preached the gospel. They'd never walked on water. They'd ne- you know, they, none of these things that they did, they had ever done before. They had just lived their lives normal people. Every day, they got the call, 
and they didn't just sit on it, but they followed him. We've got to remember that it's a course. But every single step forward, not standing still, every step forward on the course, it doesn't matter how small it is, is intentional and in the right direction. So we grow, we mature, and we live for Christ every day. Hey, get you a dream. Get you a vision. Get you a burden. And then be intentional. Nehemiah, if you've read that book, he was so distraught at finding out the shape that Jerusalem was in. So he wanted to see these walls of Jerusalem repaired. So he went to the king. Then he told the people. He got the material. He stood against the opposition. And he got the wall built. But it happened because he was intentional. He had trouble. He had trials. He had tests. All the while they were trying, they were under threat of attack while they were bit. But man, they said they would work with one hand in the work and one hand on the sword. They, 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 they knew, hey, we're going to get the, so the people had a mind to work. And he said, so built we the wall. They were intentional. Honey, you can come to the music. Elisha. Just minding his own business one day till Elijah walked by and cast his mantle on him. When Elijah was getting ready to be taken away, it was time for the Lord to come and, and, and take him. They start walking. And three different times during this journey, Elijah turns around and tells Elisha, tarry here. And three times Elisha answered, I will not leave you. Hey, just stay right here, Elisha. I won't leave you. So finally, Elijah says, what can I do for you? He said, I'd love to have a double portion of your spirit. Elijah said, well, you've asked a hard thing, but if you see me when I'm taken up, you'll have it. I've said this before, but I can't imagine how intent Elisha was keeping his eyes on Elijah. I can't even imagine. I wouldn't even have blinked. I... I'm sure he was maybe holding on to his coattail, like, I am watching you. You stay in front of me. Don't, you, you know, don't get behind me. Don't get off to the side. i got to keep my eyes on you. And so Elisha was very intentional about doing that. And then a chariot from heaven, a chariot of fire, swoops down between them, parts them. And he looks and he sees Elijah taken away. And as he does that, the mantle drifting down and he gets that double portion because he saw he stayed with him he saw it and he got the double portion there's a reward listen to me there's a reward for being intentional and living intentional for Jesus the Bible says that the word of God is a light under my path and a lamp under my feet that's great but if you stand still, you're just looking at the same thing every day. You're never illuminating what's in front of you. You're not letting it show you what you could be walking in, where you could be walking into. You're just, it's, it's, it, it, you can't change. It's a light under my path and lamp under my feet. But I had never took a step. The Word of God will lead you. Live by it. It'll feed you. It'll take care of you. 
provide for you. It gives you uh, comfort. It gives you peace. It gives you strength. It shows you that the miraculous can happen. Hey, we're born again by the Word of God. We're born again by that light and that lamp. How sad it is to, to be born again and never take another step. It's like a child never learning to walk. That's not the intention of, of the Word of God. It, it's wanting you to walk in His Word, to be what He called you to be. I'm thankful today for the call. Believe me, my life was a mess. It was awful. I was in sad shape. I, I had friends and I had people that loved me. But my life was going nowhere. I knew it. You know, I, I went to college when I got out of high school. Went to, came to UGA. Intending on graduating. But you know what I did? I I drank and I partied and flunked out. I intended on graduating. But you can't just intend it. You got to be intentional. You got to go to class. You got to study. You got to show up when they have tests. You got you can't just blow it off. So I'm in college now. I'll do what I want to. My life was in terrible, terrible shape. But then Jesus. Then Jesus let me know that I've been watching you. And I've got something better for you. And I found my way to an altar one night. I had It wasn't enough just to know that he was dealing with me. I was sitting in the pew when he began to deal with me. But I had to make a move. And I went down and I knelt and I repented of my sins. And I prayed and cried out to God and asked his forgiveness and his mercy. And just felt the power of God touch my life. And I got up that night, told my pastor, I said, I want to be baptized tonight. And I was baptized that night in Jesus' name, just like the scripture says. And some while later after that, God filled me with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. God called me in the ministry to preach the gospel, and I began to preach. I preached in the church I was at. I preached on the radio. I preached revivals. We traveled some and preached. And, and God began to open doors and do things in my life. And a little over 13 years ago, he put me right here. But I would not be standing here tonight if I had not been intentional about living my life for God. I'd have been like so many other stories that they don't preach anymore. They don't go to church anymore. Just be intentional. Don't, don't just think about how good it could be. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't just imagine, oh, I bet that's a good life. Taste it. Try it. Live it. Because, let me tell you, it sounds wonderful when people are talking about it. But words can't even touch how it really is actually living it. When somebody is talking to you about how good God is and you're like, wow, that sounds amazing. It does. But once you experience it, you're like, you didn't even come close to describing that. Because there's no words. Eye has not seen and ear hasn't heard. It hasn't even entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. So we try as we might. 
We just try to make it as luring as we can as we fish for men and live our life intentionally for Him. Let's pray together tonight. Won't you make a prayer wherever you are tonight? Even, hey, I don't care how long you've been living for God or how little time you've been living for God. How about tonight? Let's all pray another prayer of intentionality. Not just intentions, but that we will be intentional. Let's, let's pray tonight and say, God, I, I'm rededicating tonight. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to, I'm going to get up and pray. I'm going to get up and read. I'm going to tell somebody, make it a point to invite somebody. I'm going, I'm going to live my life for you, Jesus. Precious Lord, we love you tonight. and We're so thankful that you are plenteous in mercy. Wonderful grace. So long-suffering and loving towards us. I'm thankful that you have given us chance after chance after chance. But Lord, I pray tonight that this word will find its way into our heart. And that it will find good ground. And that it will bring forth fruit sixty, a hundredfold. Lord, it's going to be a blessing, God, to somebody. Tonight, somebody's going to make their mind up. I'm not just thinking about it or talking about it anymore. But I'm about to pick up my cross and follow you. And I'm going to see just how wonderful this life is. Lord, tonight, move every stumbling block and every hindrance and every lie of the devil that would stop someone from obeying you tonight. Lord, and let them be blessed. Let them be healed. Let them be filled tonight in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. God bless you tonight. Thank you for joining in with us. Hope this has blessed you, and I hope that you'll find yourself here Uh, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock at our drive-in service. We would love to have you. Have a great night. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.